0: Did you guys catch that one? And that track is great. What'd you guys think of it? Uh, That one is called Whether Terrified or Unafraid by a band called 68. I decided it was time to change up the intro song, so got a little something new for you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Anyways, what's going on? How's everybody doing? This is your old pal Paul here, and uh, we're back for another episode of Friends Till the End. This, I believe, is part seven. I don't know how I'm already forgetting what number it is uh, on the seventh episode, but I uh, got a lot of fucking irons on the fire, so what can I say? This episode is myself and one Vanessa McHenry joins me for a very interesting conversation that we kind of bounce around a lot, but I feel like the conversation that the two of us had is probably my favorite one of any of these episodes so far nothing against the first six episodes but uh just i really feel like there was there was a lot of good back and forth and we got into some important stuff uh for those who don't know vanessa she is the host of a another legion podcast called the vd clinic as well as uh now joining as a co-host to a well-known legion podcast called devour the podcast uh those shows are both great uh a lot of fun uh she co-hosts uh the devour the podcast as kind of a new project to replace her old uh host on vd clinic who now has been replaced by our buddy darren wilson who you guys heard on episode three of this did you catch all that all right well if you didn't uh i don't know too fucking bad we're moving on uh, anyways, <laughs> this uh, this show, as I had said on the last episode, has kind of moved back to a once-a-month thing. It's just a little bit easier for me with all the interviews and, and regular numbered episodes of Who Will Survive. So uh, please just uh, keep following the feed, and this one will maintain a presence in the Who Will Survive podcast feed for now. Uh, there's no reason to really split it off into its own thing, since it's not a not a readily or a steadily coming out show it's just once a month so uh yeah so it will be in the who will survive feed um i don't know if you guys had just caught uh we interviewed uh damian leone and david howard thornton both separately two separate shows from the movie terrifier that had a lot of buzz uh, the two of those guys are great a lot of fun and get some good information besides just talking about those movies but just you know i like to kind of find out what the fuck else are these people into instead of just hey come on talk about the one thing get the fuck out of here like you know tell me your whole your whole thing give it all to me i want it all baby that sounded bad anyways uh what else is going on we just hit episode 10 on who will survive so that was cool And number 11 is in the can, but I gotta fucking commit some time to locking myself into the old meat locker here and editing away. So look for that to be coming up soon, though I have been a little overwhelmed and I plan to start working on that sucker soon. And that's a lot of fun. We had a special guest who was a non-podcaster, but a uh, makeup effects artist named Nate Bright, who has worked on a lot of independent stuff, and he picked out a couple of movies that he really liked. And we talked about those. So that was pretty badass. I think that's about it for now. Uh, As far as the contact info, if you're listening to this, you know where to find us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. It does help a lot to get us a little bit more attention, get more people noticing us, and get more people listening to us, which is... Ultimately, the goal of this, right? And we also had announced on one of our shows that once we get to ten written reviews, we will throw all those names in, whether they want to be a part of it or not, and randomly pick out two people. Those two people who are picked out will get to pick one movie each, and we will do them to together on one episode of the show. So that's pretty cool too, I guess, right? Uh, we are on the Facebook facebook group page and a like page under who will survive horror podcast and also on instagram under the same name who will survive horror podcast Uh, vanessa her podcasts are also on facebook as the vd clinic podcast we we make the distinction in the show that you do not want to search just for the vd clinic you want to search for the vd clinic podcast and definitely don't image search vd clinic just saying and devour the podcast as well also on facebook Uh, both have group pages and you can go on there interact with them Uh, vanessa mchenry as well has her own facebook page and you can uh, check them out on twitter as well i believe it's uh, vd clinic pod on twitter Uh, i will have links to everything in the show description and on the facebook posts and stuff so keep up with all that and until then we will see you guys next time Thanks for listening, thanks for all the support and the love and the kind words, the downloads. Please keep sharing, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your sister, maybe don't tell your kids. Uh, Oh, fuck them, tell your kids, who cares if we screw them up as well. I fucked up my own kids, so you might as well screw yours up as well, right? Alright, enough of this, let's get into it. I give you friends till the end, part 7, with Vanessa McHenry.
1: Are you sick of the same old stale podcast? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VDClinicPod. Or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com they're ready to cure what ails you confused. <laughs> <Get information laughs> and still they most just might be a little contagious
0: Can't, for whatever reason, I can't pronounce them differently. I don't know if it's like a New York thing or something, like my, my A and O. I can't. Boz,
2: Boz. Like, thing, I baz. would
3: say.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's an upstate New York thing. Yeah. As someone who lives in New York City proper. Right. <laughs> the, the rivalry. Yeah.
0: We'll I have this, this weird mix of like a...
2: You're close to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I have
0: like a, a partial Canadian accent then sometimes like out of nowhere just like scottish starts slipping into my language when i've been listening to duncan a lot it's like like drums up something in my dna where the scottish that i never had an accent for but is in my dna starts coming out and uh, i'll just start saying stuff and then i'll be like oh my god why am i speaking like i'm a scottish person (laughs) time to listen to some different podcasts listening to way too many (laughs) podcasts under the stairs episodes
2: well the amount of content that duncan puts out is kind of insane yeah and i met when i when he and his family visited new york city last december right right um i i hung out with them and he is a bundle of energy and that was even before he had coffee i mean like
0: (laughs) i could see that yeah
2: it was still like we had to stop and get coffee. I'm like, okay, right? So you already had, or are you just like this? And oh no, you're gonna have more that energy. Yeah, right. right.
0: Well, maybe he's like me. Like I just drink coffee all the time, so it has no effect on me really. Like I could drink coffee right before I go to bed, and it doesn't matter. Right. So maybe he's like I am. But yeah, I mean, I love his show, and he's uh, he's so great. I. I feel like I owe him so much already, just because of putting me on his show and stuff as a new guy, mm-hmm. and and promoting me. And obviously, we know that, um, you know, his show gets the most feedback of of most of our shows on the network. So, true. It uh, it only helps that he believes in me. So, it only helps.
2: No, definitely a great guy. <laughs> it's it's interesting the uh, amount of community that has come out of that one. Uh, Show and how other people that I guess listen to that show went started their own podcast,
3: right? I yeah, don't know.
2: Yeah. It's coincidence or what? I don't know.
0: Sure. sure. Well, yeah. that actually um, it's funny you say that because uh, I know you just are joining a new show now. And well, that, and that...
2: And it's a show that's been around a while,
0: right? Well, and I've heard but... of, I've heard of that show being kind of an inspiration for people to start shows as well from yeah. other people. So, what show is that exactly?
2: Well, I had started about well, I guess ten whatever months ago. I started a VD clinic with David Anders Jr., okay. and he has been doing Devour the podcast for. Five years, okay. I guess, at that point. With Bo and Jamie, um, <clears throat> Bo Ransdale and then the, uh, Jamie Salmons or Jamie yes. Jenkins, uh, <laughs> as everybody knows her. Sure. And um, so now he's, you know, he, he decided to retire from podcasting. So not only did I have to find a new co-host for VD Clinic... He then, um, you know, I, at Devour, they were kind of going back and forth because they just celebrated six years, mm-hmm. and they were kind of going back and forth about whether or not they wanted to continue, but they decided they wanted to, and they invited me to join them. So, I don't know. I have big shoes to fill, sure. <laughs> you know, the very special chemistry and, you know, the, the amount of history... But we've been, you know, joking that... And I mean, I will say, yeah, Devour, I would listen to them for a long time as well. Okay. You know, so that's kind of an interesting (laughs) turn for me because they, in a way, inspired me to get into podcasting.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's funny you said about everyone knowing Jamie as Jamie Jenkins, but since I'm the new guy, I only know her as Jamie Salmon's
2: Salmon. Salmon. So yeah. Like, what
0: the fuck are you guys talking about?
2: Yeah. Why does everyone keep
0: messing <laughs> her name up? I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's cool. I actually listened to the Six Year Show. Um, I I didn't uh, know their show, but obviously mm-hmm. we all find our way to these circles through different means. So. Right. I had my own shows that I followed and friends that did shows and, and stuff that I kept up with that inspired me, as well as, you know, big, like, top-tier shows that I followed that made me think, like, hey, I could do kind of a really low-budget, terrible version of that show myself. <laughs> so uh, so that's what I'm doing now.
2: I'm kind of right there with you. <laughs> right. Now,
0: uh you said that you... Don't
2: you s- have a lot of bells and whistles.
0: <laughs> sure. Well, you said that um, you started uh with the the VD clinic 10 months ago uh was that your first show that you had done or have you done anything before that
2: um well i mean i guested uh okay. on a couple different shows but um that was yeah that was my first one that i actually hosted
0: yeah, I know it feels funny the the guest spots before you actually start right um, like now I think back to I'm sure that's how pretty much everyone did it where they were on somebody else's show first and then they were like hey Let me do my own show. Uh, well, I, yeah,
2: like I, I the first one I did was I guess it was um Badasses boobs and body counts. Okay, and I covered uh, the Jess Franco um movie vampiros lesbos okay. <laughs> Which I kind of love. Sure. <laughs> that guilty uh, <laughs> exploitation.
0: Yeah, I know uh, I know our, our friend uh, Richard Schmidt is a big fan of Jess Franco movies as well.
2: Yeah. I told,
0: I told him that I hadn't seen any, and then he sent me a list of like 15 of them that I had to watch. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I'm just getting started here. You're giving me 15 movies to watch? <laughs> but you know Richard, he's, uh, he's kind of a maniac too. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know Jess Franco is a very special kind of filmmaker and I kind of love some of his stuff right not everything but I don't know the way I, <laughs> the way I put it <laughs> and it sounds this sounds terrible but if you're into exploitation films,
3: <laughs> okay.
2: there's a distinct category I put him in, where I'm like, okay, women in prison movies, which you know is a, an exploitation genre unto itself. And for if you want the best looking boobs, you have to go to the Roger Corman women in prison movies. Okay, but if you want fingering, you go to the Jess Franco ones. Oh. <laughs> Like there is a distinction to be made. Yeah,
0: that's an important distinction too. I mean, it's, right. You want, I mean, what are you into that day?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And then,
0: is somebody known for like, if you want more uh, super uncomfortable rape scenes, then you go somewhere else.
2: Uh, well,
4: I'm-
0: <laughs> uh, asking for a friend. I mean, not, not for myself. But.
2: Yeah, that's the only thing about like some of the some of the uh, the Euroslays is that you're like, okay, that gets kind of really questionable. Sure, you can see a certain amount of rape on film, but, yeah, it's a little too much, <laughs> you know, you don't need to have right, that many...
0: Right, right. No, Almost, no, nobody you know, needs that much.
2: ...limited <laughs> to one film or something, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, or at least, you know, you, you dial it back for one of them. Like, one is kind of an off-screen, you know, right, an applied right, one. Right,
2: exactly. I mean, it. you know, it's all about the context of, I mean, of the situation. Right. Sometimes <laughs> there is a point to be made with, yeah.
0: Right. Well, that's like we're we both were pushing the
2: limits, but other times there's a point there's a point to dialing it back a little bit and make and that makes it more effective. You know that sure. that's, just, that's just good filmmaking, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's like I, I know we were both just on cinema psyops, and uh, I I had this whole comparison thing that I just never got around to making because everything moved right. so fast, and uh, um, <laughs> we were <laughs> it's both like a
2: barrel of monkeys. Recording yeah. With you. The two of them. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. And you got to, Like I, I felt like I, like I mentally prepped. Like I was, I was hitting the heavy bag. I went out and you know had a crowd running behind me and stuff. Like Rocky, I was right. ready to go for that show. Right. Because uh, you got to be on. So, <laughs> but no, we, uh, I was, we both were, uh, we're both from New York. Well, not. I know you're not originally from New York, but we both live in New York. Right. Uh, we were both covering Jack Hill movies. Yeah. Um, and both of us were potheads. So.
2: Yeah, well, there you go.
0: <laughs> and both of us like women, I guess is also a similarity.
2: Yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> That's true.
0: So we got four things in common.
2: <laughs> um, I would say more than that. But Yeah, probably. <laughs> we, we seem to have similar tastes in in uh in some movies. That's sure, sure. Yep. Uh, and, and, and you know your parenting skills I uh, <laughs> I, I can appreciate I, I have no children of my own and there is a reason for that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah other than being a lesbian <laughs> there is a reason I, I don't want kids I don't sure sure kids. <laughs> yeah
0: well I think uh, <laughs> there's something to be said for that as well so it's funny I was just talking to Marco um, that one of uh, one of the things i always worry about is that i'm like do i is it like not cool how much i i like say that i hate my kids or like that i talk about how shitty they are or how much i don't like them or joke about like killing them or whatever i said, is that like not cool like am i doing it too much and he's like no it's it's fucking hilarious like i said yeah other people have told me it's funny too i feel like i do it too much though so i guess everyone wants to hear me hate my kids
2: so. <laughs> no it's i think it's it's okay i'm People need to hear it sometimes. They do, it, they do. Not all kids are cute, and even cute kids have some not cute moments. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and some just downright ugly moments. Depends on the child.
0: Yeah. Well, my kids are older, so the whole, you know, young and cute ship has sailed on them, so.
2: Well, exactly. That, but
0: That's out the window. But, uh, yeah, now it's more just annoyances from right. them being dumb, uh, you know, preteen and teenage people and exceptionally right. teenage like she's she's uh, not just a normal teenager she's exceptionally teenage so
2: <laughs> I I hated hated my time as a teenager I right. really I was one of those people that okay yes I was the <laughs> I was the angsty goth girl it was the 80s <laughs> it wasn't just an image it was my life um,
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know, reading in the dark room and everything, sure, but I actually, I and I talk about this on the latest episode of VD um, Clinic, kind of, I, I'm bipolar, and at that point growing up, like as a young teen, mm-hmm. is when it kind of started manifesting, and I went, through, it was terrible, like a lot of, some, you know, stuff that I went through, but they didn't know what to do because... They don't know what to do with kids half the time or adolescents. Yeah. You know, and then it's the brain, whatever, you know, body chemistry. They don't know anything, especially it was the 80s. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, yeah, so, yeah. Even less back then.
2: Yeah. I just turned 45 last week, so.
3: Okay.
2: Um. Yeah, to put, I'm a little, a little bit older than you. I knew, and I was one of those people that knew I didn't belong with anyone that was around me. Not just because I lived in Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, I'm originally from California, but I moved to Alabama when I was four. Sure. And I knew at four I didn't belong there because of racism. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah. Shit, I heard. Yeah, I knew that obviously I believe something different than these people. and Right, right. Um, yeah, <laughs> hence the beginning of my ostrac, you know, the people ostracizing me for my <laughs> sociopolitical beliefs. <laughs> right, yeah. right.
0: No, I, I can fully understand that. Um,
2: yeah, and I ended up, like, for the most part living down there until I was 21, you okay. know? Like, went to college down there. Right, right. At a Jesuit college.
0: <laughs> Ugh, even worse.
2: No well, no, actually it was kind of crazy because I helped start the college Democrats at the time. Okay. And it was right when Clinton was running his first like campaign. It was uh it was really I, I got my car vandalized <laughs> because I had bumper stickers, like Clinton bumper stickers on my car. Mm. Yeah, it was a really I it was a not a great environment down there. Right. Even into the early '90s. Sure, sure. Um, and it's funny, my mom still lives down there. And anyway, along the way, I've i lived in Ohio for a while, and I've been now in New York for uh, almost well, it'll be 17 years come September 11th, <laughs> pretty much, because I moved like right after 9/11. <laughs> okay, right. That's a great time to move to New York City. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: you probably got a discount. So,
2: well.
3: <laughs> it also
2: caused for me to get hired and then laid off from a job because of economic reasons but <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know sure, sure that kind of fun stuff but yeah uh,
0: no I, I um
2: it could have been a lot worse i you know i, I know I, had, I
0: i was gonna say i'd heard some of your backstory on one of your other shows uh just about mm-hmm. how you had lived in the south and then had moved to new york eventually i want to um I want to you know give you more time to talk about your shows but um, i want to kind of explore this a little bit here too so we'll save some time at the end for you to uh talk more about what your shows are all about so when you moved right
2: moved to what place (laughs) oh when you
0: moved to ohio from from (laughs) alabama right right uh that was after college
2: yeah when i graduated
0: okay now have you uh, I don't know what's the right term. Like, have you been out for the, this through this whole time or did it take some time or I, wait till you moved away well, from your family?
2: I, well, here's the thing. OK, yeah, I left this out what I started to say earlier. I um, right around the time <laughs> it was probably. Yeah, it was like 92. Same time Clinton was running. OK, I was 19. And that's when I, that's when I came out. OK, yeah, yeah I came out at that point. Right. And that's when I, and I was going to a Jesuit college. Yeah. And I was very loud and proud. <laughs> sure. And I ended up like speaking in front of like city council, like on like different measures and stuff. Sure, sure. You know, about equal rights, but related to it anyway.
0: Did you, was there anybody else um, that yeah. also was out at the same, like the other friends that you knew or people you knew on campus or anything like that?
2: Um. Yeah. I, all of a sudden, like, once I kind of came out, mm-hmm. everybody started flocking toward towards me like I was the Queen Bee of Nice, nice <laughs> oh, Queen Gay Bee. <laughs> nice. I
0: like it.
2: And I also was working in theater at the time, so I had a lot had a lot of gay men. Yeah. I'm a I'm a little bit of a fag hag. Sure. Which it's I'm kind of a rarity in that you don't find a lot of lesbian fag hags. <laughs> right meaning a fag hag who is a lesbian
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i know i um
2: they're usually straight so
0: i kind of want to be one myself i don't know can guys be a fag hag am i allowed to say fag hag if i'm not gay is that okay
2: well i'm i'm sure there are some (laughs) who would find that offensive but i think it's a fine i think it's an acceptable term right all right um well yeah
0: we mentioned about ages and um you know i grew up in the 90s Pretty much, which right you know I, I graduated high school in '97, so I've had this conversation with Marco, who is 41, I think, and I'm 38. Mm-hmm. So he considers himself an '80s kid, and I consider myself a '90s kid, right? Because I turned 10 when the '90s started. So it's like, yeah, I was I was a little shit, like running around, chucking rocks at cars, and doing fucking dumb shit when I in the '80s. But I don't feel like I was attached to pop culture until the '90s, really, right? And I feel like you know that's that's really what you're. Your identity comes from kind of the zeitgeist of, of your you know, beginnings of the awareness of, of such things, you know. So I'm more of an, a 90s kid, and that was like, you know, everything mm-hmm. was everything was gay and fag. And, you know, in the 90s, we just threw that word around like it was nothing. Right. And uh, I'm, well, I'm a little more sensitive about it now, but uh, right. I don't go too crazy. I did, I did make a rule for myself recently that I was going to stop using the word gay as a negative pejorative adjective because I just grew up saying like oh that's gay but like it's not actually gay you're saying that's bad and I was like well that's it's not that's not right
2: (laughs) yeah it's a very um, it it works its way into your head and you don't necessarily mean offense by it but you're not thinking about the potential power behind it sure or you know it, and and it's also like well why is it why are you using it that way well mm-hmm. at, you know that's how it was meant it, you know it's lost that meaning to a certain amount you know it's not as bad as it used to be but
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah it's either a, a the subconscious working in some sort of mm-hmm. homophobia which I'm not saying you have but right it's i'm saying society as a whole
3: yes yeah
2: you know as Controlling, I mean, I could go on about the, you know, the the, the patriarchy and their mm-hmm. normative culture. And, you, you know, that, I mean, there's so many what is, if you're outside of the norm, <laughs> quote unquote, norm. Yeah. Of, and what and who has dictated a significant amount, you know, of media and culture. Right. In part by suppression i mean at times not always but at times um you know it's usually the white cis straight you know Mm -hmm. christian men. (laughs) i mean kind of you know what i mean like yeah yeah. it's really like this kind of you know and like whatever culture that has come you know comes with that
0: right well i'm not christian so i'm only two out of three okay so there you go there you go uh so if I'm allowed to say it then I would be fag he- I would be someone's fag hag but I don't really know any gay people around here I mean uh, there's definitely a culture here but I just don't hang out mm-hmm. with a lot of people in my real life so
2: <laughs> Well for me it's for me it's funny I mean I do have probably the equal amount of gay male and gay female in trans what are or intersex or you know gender you know People mm-hmm. who are outside the gender norm. Sure. I mean, I know people in all the different parts of the enough equal parts, I would say, of mm-hmm. the LGBTQ rainbow. Right. <laughs> yes. there, are, there are so many other letters I could add if I wanted to get academic about it. Yeah. I don't. I don't usually do that. Right. Um. In part, out of convenience. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, but. um
0: Well, I also think that um, I think sometimes both both sides of of either movement, really, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the right or left or whatever you want to call either side. I feel like sometimes they can sort of eat themselves with their own cause to where they overcomplicate stuff for the other side. And then the other side is like, well, fuck this it's just too much. Right, and I think you know that, that's that's something to consider. Is just trying to be more patient with each other.
4: Mm-hmm. I think
0: really helps a lot as well. But uh, yeah, that's I mean it's it's so it's so hard to. We're definitely not going to solve that issue here tonight. That's for sure.
2: No, I certainly <laughs> expect that. Yeah, I, you know it. <laughs>
0: uh, but I know you know we also had talked about how you are a feminist as well, and so you know, obviously being a part of, of kind of a couple different movements that have some sensitivity, I think you see that a lot. And, and I um, had kind of joked about how I like that you are a part of these, these important movements, but you also don't get overly sensitive about things and you can kind of make jokes and, and see sort of the humor side of, of, I guess, lighthearted offensive material or, you know, stuff that doesn't have, uh, have kind of that mean spirit behind it.
2: Well, right. I mean, it's it, okay. You look at something like Mel Brooks' *Blazing Saddles*. Right. You know, the use of the N word is offensive to me. Yes. And I do not say it. Right. But in that movie, it is making a very important point. Right. It, you're getting you're getting laughs at that same time, but mm-hmm. it's an uncomfortable laugh. Mm-hmm. You know. And you're laughing at these people on the screen who are such buffoons, mm-hmm. you know. And you're laughing at their racism too. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a smart, conscious choice. And I think that that's certainly a time and place for that. On the other hand, <laughs> I completely enjoy like black exploitation movies where the N word is thrown around left and right. Mm-hmm. I you know, I recognized it was a different era. That's part of it. I I mean, they were starting to work through different changes too. Of Okay, we're not, you know, we don't have signs that say, well, there were still some signs until, uh, (laughs) I'm trying to think, down south where I grew up, uh, some of the, I'm thinking some of the colored signs on bathrooms or water fountains. Uh, I did see some of those when I moved there in the 70s. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, and I moved in a, I lived in like the second biggest city in Alabama, so.
0: <laughs> Yikes.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had a lynching there in 1981. Hmm. Um. Yeah, the Klan, but on the positive side of that. It's also is, a
0: good year for horror, so. Well, the, the only,
2: I was going to say, the only positive thing that came out of that was that it was the first time that the Klan was ever convicted of an actual hate crime. Oh, okay. And it helped bankrupt them, and helped nice. like destroy their numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's, it's horrible that it happened, but hey, something awesome happened. Came sure. out of it. But anyway, I mean, so I have like these different parts of me. It's and um, it, it's funny. I had drunkenly left a message one time on the badasses boobs and body counts, whatever. Like they have a voicemail.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know something popped into my head about a, whatever movie and I had to share it and I was leaving a drunken message as I can't, I, I have done here and there. I think I did that for a podcast. Uh, I mean, a tea show like something <laughs> in a, a drunken message. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Anyway, well, I can't wait till I get my first one. Okay. Court <laughs> and Matt were excited when they got their first one. And from me, you always yeah.
0: remember your first.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'll try re- I'll remember that but um uh, I'm sorry what was
0: no. that uh oh about leaving a drunken message for uh, badass boobs and body counts podcast. yeah
2: I mean the fact of I have in me this this duality of it of I want to see boobs <laughs> you know it's the lizard brain I completely want to see boobs I want to see violence you know these different kinds of things but then on the other hand <laughs> the other side of me you know i want to see justice and equality and yes yeah. respect and all these different things in the world and i mean it's i haven't been going to as many protests like lately mm-hmm. um just because i i haven't really had some have time because of like work situation right i try to i try to you know do a regular amount of activism, um, yeah, with a, yeah. with a few different kinds of groups, and like including cool. Sylvia, Sylvia Rivera Law Project, uh, which works with uh, trans and uh, gender nonconforming people. Okay, it's interesting over the years, like the amount of like activism, like I, I had said that um, so years ago. I guess this was the early well, mid, mid-90s, and I had moved to Cincinnati right after I graduated college mm-hmm. uh, for a theater job. And I decided to join the Lesbian Avengers. Okay. Um, this political group, um, which at the time, they were probably the most radical political action group, <sighs> in, like lesbian-identified uh, action group in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean they then they would do these different events kind of in like San Francisco and New York and you know really disrupt traffic and all these you know legislature and all these different things. And so I went to Cincinnati and I you know and I was all excited <laughs> in my <Right>. young <laughs> my young mind you know, I'm in a bigger city now, you know, different place, and it's more open-minded, which it was more open-minded. However, their version their version of the lesbian Avengers, which I wanted to be more radical with their actions, they were still pretty, pretty conservative for me, um, because also, I mean, it's the, who were supposed to be, Cincinnati is this weird city where they want to pretend they're liberal, uh huh. But they're, but they're not really. No. <laughs> they're,
0: yeah, I've been there they're before.
2: Still, they're still very conservative. I mean, they have like the richest, like most conservative LGBTQ population in the country. Oh, really? I mean, at least last time I checked. Yeah, it's 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 kind of ridiculous.
0: That's. I know Buffalo has kind of that same tone like Cincinnati, where yeah, it is very progressive and very regressive at the same time. Depending yeah. on where you go in a small radius, yeah, it's like these yeah. these fucking queen cities. I feel like we always uh, get this weird mix of people.
2: Well, exactly, um, but I mean, it, being there, it. I, so who are, we're already supposed to be the I guess more liberal groups. We're still pretty middle of the road, mm-hmm. in my opinion, especially when after I, now that I have moved to New York and have <laughs> been in more radical groups and things. I'm like. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew that <laughs> they were, you know, <laughs> they were still pretty safe and whatever different actions we did, you know. So we were only...
0: the uh, the lesbian Avengers? Was there like a theme where you guys had uh, like like costumes and characters or anything?
2: Well, like somebody funny... the
0: Hulk and the Thor and?
2: No, funny you should say that. <laughs> funny you should say that. Okay. We did have. I mean, we had T-shirts and our symbol was like a bomb with okay. a lit, with a lit fuse. Right. And of course this is all pre 9-11 <laughs> yes <laughs> might be a little different later on um, but anyway the whole big thing is is that we learn we all learn to eat fire okay so so yes I know how to eat fire
3: nice
2: um, I'm pretty good at it um, <laughs> and it was the different thing like part of the different actions we would go like the city court, courtroom steps stand out there with our different signs and like eat fire and whatever. It was the, that was the big circus trick, the, or the big superhero trick, <laughs> as it were. But we didn't have capes. No, no capes. But what I, what I want, why I wanted to bring it up was that they, they had very little sense of humor okay. and it was really hard. I grew up with a very kind of twisted sense of humor. Sure. I don't know which of my parents to blame for that. Probably more my father. Yeah, me too. Um, (laughs) if you listen to my show, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you've heard some stories, (laughs) talked about my father's uh, child rearing habits, (laughs) and. Yeah, the Lesbian Avengers, it was I and I ended up making a great friend out of it who was in the same boat as me. We were like, wait, we came here to do something more active and whatever, actually radical. But it it was also that you know, the part of it was the lesbian Avengers it came out of that third wave feminism of like the early nineties, like the riot girl kinda era. Okay. Um, where you know much more sex positive and you know you started seeing a lot more porn produced by lesbians or or queer women
3: okay
2: you know however they identified although there had been although there had been on our backs which is the lesbian porn magazine that'd been around already for maybe 15 or so years that was started i guess early 80s i believe hmm. Something like that. Anyway, and the whole ethical thing, too, with feminism of the early 90s, that third wave feminism, is that, you know, could you be sex positive? You know, could you be into a certain level of porn and still be a feminist? You know, because there was an entire era of the, I guess, earlier when you're talking 70s and 80s, part uh-huh. of the 80s with like Andrea Dworkin. Sorry, I'm not trying to get <laughs> academic, but no, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> Tell me if I'm getting to be too much no, cuz no. I can go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> no,
0: well that's the, that's kind of the uh that's kind of the theme here is just let you <laughs> let you talk about other shit you don't get to talk about on your show. I'm all for it. It,
2: it. it fulfilled one of my philosophy requirements in college at the Jesuit school, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, okay. <laughs> my feminism class <quest. laughs> Nice. No, even though I was already reading my own stuff, and my mother, even though she never said I'm a feminist, she was, mm-hmm. she is, uh, you know. I mean, I wasn't allowed to have a Barbie growing up because it was a bad image of women. I mean, like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: different things like that. It, you know, she's always insisted on a certain level of independence.
0: Yeah, my yeah. Uh, my girlfriend is actually she's fairly active as much as she can be, and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's definitely very supportive and pays attention to the causes and tries to participate as much as she can um, in not only just in, uh, you know, feminist movements, but even as far as like, I know she supports the ACLU and stuff like that as well. So, uh,
3: which right. you
0: know, even, you know, for both of us, I think, and, and she's more supportive than I am. Like I'm more just like I'm okay with things, but I'm I'm super non-political, so mm-hmm. I don't really take a stand on anything <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just you know whatever. It's you can choose to be involved or not. It's fine as long as you're. I feel like as long as you're on the right side of history, then that's uh, at least something. So, um, right. But yeah, she's she's super active about things, and I feel like it's important to support other people that. Um, don't necessarily represent yourself but that might be uh, i don't know a minority or an oppressed group or something like that so i think that's important responsibility that we have at least to be supportive of that group or or understanding of them or take time to learn about that so but yeah she's she's got all the stickers on her car and stuff she gets a kick out of like parking next to somebody with a trump sticker and she has like her aclu stickers and Mm -hmm. feminist stickers and stuff on her car right so (laughs)
2: No, outside uh, when I lived in Alabama, the one that always that got me stopped in like grocery store parking lots. Mm-hmm. The bumper sticker that got me the most questions was the one that said feminism is the radical notion that women are people. <laughs> the amount of people that would stop and say, and I'm not even going to attempt a southern accent. Sure. I know. I know. I unfortunately have it on certain words, but I have tried not to get that accent, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm not going to attempt it. But they're like, "But what does that mean?" Like they just don't understand the
0: the, the nuance, I guess. <laughs> the
2: nuance, and yeah. they don't. Yeah, they don't understand the concept. Of, yeah, of equality. That it's just a basic. It's 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 not complicated. Yeah.
0: No. I... <laughs> it's not
2: complicated
0: (laughs) well i think that's uh that's kind of the spirit of the sticker right if you're not smart enough to understand it then it's not for you
2: right Right. (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah
0: but i think it's um it's also just kind of interesting to hear the perspective of somebody that is uh involved in in, um, a little bit of activism that you still are involved in and just somebody that obviously you come from uh you know, a, a little bit different background, but then you're you're not um, I don't know whatever the typical normative person, uh, like you said, the white male cis Christian person. Obviously, you don't check any of those boxes, uh, well, except white, right? So, <laughs> but uh,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: But I, I think it's nice to yeah. hear the people that are on on that team, I guess, for lack of a better word that's coming to me right now, that. Uh, <laughs> You know, you can still kind of have some fun with it and not be, like, anytime somebody says, you know, fag or says that something is gay, but it's not, but, you know, as a negative thing that you're not, like, so offended or, or hurt by it or you want to, you know, throw somebody well, he... the, under the bus or get them fired or... Right. And obviously there's context to it as well, like, you don't, you don't tolerate as much if somebody's being an asshole about it and saying it to you or to a friend or somebody that you, you know, hear a story about or something, so... It's obviously right. different as well.
2: Right. Um, I'm
0: I'm kind of like a shitty person sometimes. I I laugh at horribly offensive things, and uh, I don't know why. Like it just I guess you don't know what it is that makes you laugh or why it does. But
2: well, it's sometimes it's it's a way of just how you process nervousness, okay, and uncomfortability.
0: Sure, sure.
2: It's I mean it's how we deal with uncomfortable subjects. Yeah, yeah um and it's
0: also context for sure when, when i do find it funny it's stuff that's supposed to be funny and right some people might be like well that's not funny but I
2: think- and there is and right and a certain amount of offensiveness can be like done purposely yes. to make a point you know
0: yeah yeah oh like you but- said with the black exploitation stuff like obviously it's there's some people that are going to be horribly offended by it but it's not for them so
2: right well exactly and there are certain one there are certain parts of the black blaxploitation genre that are less than perfect right as far as you know they're not all i mean honestly you that's i mean go right to coffee and foxy brown right. but you know they're part of the blaxploitation genre they yes say the n-word and other racial slurs yeah. and other homophobic statements, you know, but yes, it, yeah.
0: I was actually surprised how little racism there was in switchblade sisters. Right. Like, oh, thank you. This is nice right. to watch a seventies right. exploitation movie. And I don't even think they said the N word once.
2: Right. But <laughs>
0: there was a few rapes, but you know, you can't have everything.
2: Exactly. Exactly. But it's kind of like, it's there, but it's, it's not as, it doesn't feel like there's as much of it, and there's a still certain elements of dignity and respect. And I know part of it in those, in the case of specifically, Coffee and Foxy Brown. I mean, that's partly Pam Grier, sure. having, you know, having a strong woman, a strong actress, yeah, yeah, who can carry that. Because certainly, I'm sorry. As much fun as Dolomite can be, <laughs> Rudy Raymore does not have the acting chops and nuances <laughs> of respect at times that Pam Grier has. <laughs> Certainly,
0: yeah. <There's>, I'm just <laughs> there's levels to this thing,
2: right? But I can still watch some Dolomite here and there. It's yeah. just it's not gonna it's not necessarily gonna be my go-to.
0: Right. Well, it's, it's funny that we're uh, we're circling. And I'm,
2: not, and I'm not just saying that because I love seeing Pam Greer naked. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that is a definite bonus. I will. Sure. I haven't yeah, okay yeah. about that before, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's funny that we're circling back around to the thing of, uh, you know, the two movies that we both covered on Psyops And uh, right. The one one of the uh, the quotes, I think before I had listened to the show, I um, this is, uh, this is proof, people, that promos do actually work sometimes. I heard his promos on somebody else's show, mm-hmm. and I said, wow, that actually sounds interesting. And one of the quotes in his promos, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't know off the top of my head, but it's something about uh, just because something offends you doesn't mean it doesn't have the right to exist. Exactly. And uh, I was like, wow, that's actually a really insightful thing that you said there. And then I listened to the show and realized that Court's not all that insightful, but... Uh, he just picked out a <laughs> he just picked out a little highlight there for us. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, he,
2: he's uh, he's more insightful when he's not on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah. He yeah. Actually, no, he I know. Actually, I'm just kidding.
2: He uh, read a book for my show. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I would uh, if you ever had me John on. John
2: Waters. It was a John Waters book. So. Okay. Still offensive, but.
0: <laughs> if, if you if you had me on, I would have to only do the first half because I don't know how to read. So. Um. Well. We
3: should...
2: <laughs> We just um, recorded, uh, Darren and I just recorded with Bo on my birthday last week. Right. Um, that was actually fun. Mm-hmm. We recorded both the book and movie of My Friend Dahmer. Okay. And, you know, graphic novel that was maybe 210 pages. Right, right. You could probably handle something like that. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I used to read uh, comic books a few years ago. I went through this, this kind of transition of um, once my kids got older and I was able to I, – I kind of had this, th- like I don't know, pre-midlife crisis where I was searching for a hobby – once my kids got a little bit older and it wasn't just you know spoon feeding and fucking helping them take showers and like the the really really engaged parenting and I'm like oh now I have a little bit of breathing room to kind of find something and so I I started actually getting into comic books because my son was into like superheroes and I'm like oh this actually kind of stirs up a little nostalgia for me I liked you know Spider-Man and shit growing up like most little boys and I got into it for a couple years and then by getting into that it got me into that whole action figure photography. Stuff that I do, yeah. Which then got me into uh, like uh, going from superhero stuff to seeing people doing like like Walking Dead zombies and mm-hmm. Jason figures and stuff, and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is way cooler than this fucking superhero bullshit. And right. so then I started revisiting stuff that I watched as a kid and, and exploring more of that, and then that really is what got me. Uh, really got the horror popping for me, right? So it was all because of toys. More or less, in my pre-midlife crisis, that I landed in horror. So,
2: well, it's funny because I have I have horror sprinkled through my life, sure. like more like my dad read me like Edgar Allan Poe mm-hmm. type thing. Actually, that and some other stuff. When it, instead of like normal fairy tales, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I did so like I got that's what I got from a very early age. Okay. So, no wonder I became a goth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder I'm super into vampires and all that. Yeah, it was. Sure. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, my dad was into weird artsy stuff, so some of it was horror. Like, you know, I saw things like The Shining and,
1: well, s- and stuff and that and was that... really
0: weird and, and art housey, but not. Uh, he wasn't into, like, straight, just, you know, slapsticky horror, like the Friday the 13th and that type of stuff. Yeah. Well,
2: ex- well my family, too. I mean, it was like. I. Did actually a couple episodes of Cine- Cinema PsyOps about like two of my cinematic traumas. Okay. And the first one was Alien, okay. which my father took me to see in the theater when it premiered oh. in 1979. I was six years old.
0: Yeah. That's, <laughs> that was the year that I was did... born, so I didn't have that opportunity.
2: That did not turn out well for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. It might be a little anyway, a little
2: bit soon. Yeah. Um, although, but... Anyway, I had already seen by that point. This is my other episode of Cinema PsyOps I did, Psycho, and where that was a cinema cinematic trauma for me. Okay. Which now it's probably my favorite film mm-hmm. of all time. At least in the top two or three. Sure. And it's the one I have definitely seen the most now. Yeah. but... I first saw it, and I think it was my father's fault. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although my mom could have been at play with this one because she liked a lot of Hitchcock, um, Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that when I was four or five, and uh... <laughs> and my dad was really into like reading about different like religions and the occult and mysticism
3: oh, nice. and
2: aliens and. Uh... <laughs> true crime he got me wanting to be a coroner i really that i missed my calling I, I should have gone into forensics um i'm very into true crime now which is this episode of vd clinic when we're talking about jeffrey dahmer it's yes. kind of ridiculous but it, it's scary that vo knows about like we know about as much of, as each other over jeffrey dahmer it's sure of, sure
0: yeah yeah i've, I've listened i started mm-hmm. listening to uh sword and scale yeah Uh, i don't know like a year ago or something somebody recommended it and uh, i I do like it it's um it's one of those things like i always feel like it's so depressing though because i know it's real (laughs) and so it it affects me in a weird way sometimes which i have i haven't stopped listening to it but i just don't seek it out too much more yeah Um, i find it fascinating but at the same time uh, I don't know. It's. I guess I don't know. I have a hard time with uh, with um, things that make me feel emotions, and so I try not to do that too often. So.
2: Well, I try and block all the,
0: my feelings out.
2: One of the <laughs> <laughs> You're a man You're supposed to do That's that. right.
0: That's right. <laughs> Damn it! Come on. Right.
2: Are you a sissy? <laughs> oh, so stupid. Maybe a little that, bit. That's so stupid. That whole thing. <laughs> the not showing your emotions. My father's like yeah he does that so well yeah um
0: i definitely show them it's just uh i I try to avoid things that make me go too strongly in any certain direction
3: yeah i
0: like to kind of balance i like to stay sort of in the middle all the time i'm like uh (laughs) self-antidepressant (laughs) self-medicated
2: okay if you say so (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you say so but like the uh the one probably true crime podcast I listen to the most Mm -hmm. is my favorite murder. Okay. And it's two female comedians who do it. So they're, you know, you, they have this comedic edge about the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but they're still very respectful of like the victims and they're like, do all this different research and, you know, and they play well off of each other. So it's, you know, when you hear some of these grisly details, sure, sure. <laughs> which I find fascinating and I do listen to other podcasts that are like by journalists talking to people who've written these true crime novels. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can listen to that sometimes, but I there. Yeah, there's a certain level of I can't listen to it all the time. But the mm-hmm. My Favorite Murder, where you have the comedy sprinkled in. Yeah, it's, you know, it like softens which, the blow. It totally softens the blow and they become really popular. I think they've only been around maybe two, a little over two years now. Okay. But they're like tour and they're touring around the world already.
0: You're right, right. Like no, I need to get that kind that of a rise.
2: Off. But in two they were years, already, I'm going to
0: be touring with my podcast.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. They were already working <laughs> out in LA, you know, yeah, yeah. doing no, different I, projects. Yeah. So, usually
0: those, those type of things, they already uh, have a following. Like what's the one... The, the guys we fucked or whatever the podcast that is like blown up huge in a couple of years uh, but they already had sort of a following as a comedy duo to begin with yeah. so
2: yeah well like yeah mark Marin already was a you know a comic before he started his podcast yeah which absolutely. then led to his tv show <laughs> i think that's hysterical his podcast led to his tv show. oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: no it's crazy where it it can go for sure
2: and here's here's so my interesting note of the day. Okay. Put it down as something I never thought would be happening. I so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my day job. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you my company or clients. No, that's not. But fair. so I work in advertising and I work like in commercial post production deal like with the actors and musicians and commercials. And it like and I deal with the different unions like Screen Actors Guild, and I'm part of my job is crunching numbers. It's pretty whatever boring, okay, you know, corporate office job, you know, but in some of it's like payroll type related, okay, okay. Well, then all of a sudden last week you know a all of a sudden last week something comes up on not even my account but it's somebody else's account they're talking about this one client wants to produce like podcast content and 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 advertise at that way and how they need to, and so we got to figure out how we need to treat this so that we're abiding by all the union regulations like like I said like sag and and whatever and make sure we're paying all the people correctly and making sure we're doing everything legally like right. labor law wise blah blah it it was just like I'm kind of like what and there and somebody was getting so confused as to what a podcast even was and so all of a sudden I've become the podcast expert in my office because oh, nice. coincidentally 2 days prior I had mentioned oh yeah I'm going to go record tomorrow not very, you know, only in really up until that point, only like maybe one person knew I had a podcast. Okay. Now, now five people know, <laughs> mm-hmm. or maybe six. Um, anyway. So I, I, I had to, I've had to go through all, since then I've had to go through this whole big thing. And I spent like three hours of my day today, my, my work day, just on dealing with the logistics of this is how we're accessing the podcast and how it's defined as commercial content and and how we have to legally you know pay these people it's 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 very boring in a way but it's also just kind of like wait a minute i never thought i'd be having this conversation about like i don't know yeah it's, yeah. Just, it's just kind of strange
0: oh yeah well it's definitely a weird once uh money becomes involved in these things uh,
2: right and it's for a client that i i is they're just terrible but yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm so as glad it's not my account.
0: Right, yeah. Uh-huh. I always, I always joke about how um, if I ever became monetized, I would have to like fucking completely change my whole show because everything I use is without permission. So right,
2: right.
4: <laughs> but
0: uh, I don't expect that to happen anytime soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I it was it was kind of uh, it was kind of interesting. I had to start explaining to the logistics of editing and talking to the editing house and i'm like how am i having that part of the conversation because i'm like one i never have that conversation at work even over whatever other commercials but over the podcast thing specifically i I just thought it was
0: so are they um are they trying to like a podcast to advertise a specific thing or are they trying to make like spots to put into podcasts or like advertising on podcasts like I don't know I don't, I'm sure you listen to some right, kind of I, a bigger I, show where they have advertisements that they
2: exactly. play
0: or whatever or read so
2: yeah well and and the difference, I know this is very boring, but the oh, difference sorry. between like live reads and pre-recorded commercials sent yeah. and like what's produced by an ad agency because I work at an ad agency. So okay. are we producing it or is it some podcaster sitting in his living room? Like, you know, what... What I'm doing right now with my cat (laughs) laying on top of my stuff, you know? Sure. (laughs) I'm real high tech, let me tell you. (laughs) No, it's all good.
0: I think uh, a a lot of the ones I listen to when they have commercials, it's just uh, a live read, but they they do them separate most of the time. Like, I I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan shows, and he'll read all the commercials in the beginning, or... um, Uh, like chris hardwick he'll have him at the beginning or at the end sometimes right Right. Uh, so it's it's stuff like that where they like well i'm not going to bother the guest with the commercial part like i'll just do that separately at my house or in the studio after the show or something
1: well
2: i listen i mean some of the ones i listen to will have like different breaks in the middle like how did this get made yeah yeah um we'll do that and uh sex out loud
0: okay with I think, Tristan now, Yeah. I think they pay you more if you put it in the middle. They do. Yeah. But guys like Joe Rogan and Chris Hardwick don't need the money, so they're like, fuck you, I'm putting it at the beginning. Right. <laughs> Joe Rogan has fuck you power for sure. He's probably like well, the biggest for, podcast. So,
2: so does school. Chris Hardwick has a certain amount of that power too. Yeah, yeah. Especially absolutely. now. I mean, at this point.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: He's had multiple TV shows. <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, um,. I think it's it's cool that that's like a way that we can get that higher quality of content without having to pay for it. Right. That those guys have kind of figured that out because it's nice that we can get that and, and you don't have to actually pay anything. Like all you have to do is I guess either listen to the commercials or sometimes you fast forward through them or whatever. But but it's cool that that's become a thing. I think just in general, podcasting has become such a a big thing now that so many people are doing it that it gets saturated. But it's also nice that everyone feels like they can can do something and put it out there and, and do what they want to with it. Right. Whether, you know, they get 25 people listen to it or they blow up and end up getting, you know, a thousand downloads on an episode or whatever. But it's all just kind of in what hits and what doesn't really. So you might as well give it a shot at least. And it's, it's fun. Like, that's, I mean, what, you know, what are we doing it for if we're not having fun, right?
2: Yes, absolutely it's about the only thing that's kept me sane over the past year my job is my corporate job that I've now been at for like 15 years has been sucking my soul and for the for almost the past year because of like a lot a lot of different like computer change and system changes and an increase in workload because of it yeah it's just anyway yeah
0: Um, I have an equally soul-sucking but far less corporate job myself so Uh, Mine's like the total opposite where it's just one person that owns a bunch of properties and then I work for him. So it's like so personal and I I have no personal connection to it at all like i don't care i just want to show up and work like i don't care if the building burns down or if it's a fucking <laughs> you know what i mean or if it's a beautiful apartment or whatever like i have no attachment to it at all i just want to work
2: i care way too much about my job
0: yeah i care too little and i'm supposed to care
2: i so. care way <laughs> too much
0: yeah, yeah. so we're, we're both getting our souls sucked out from opposite directions
2: yeah exactly so. Exactly, it happens. Hopefully, mine is
0: out through the s. Okay, that's, sure. That's the way I want it.
2: Whatever floats your boat.
0: Wait, that might have sounded bad. Oh well, I'll, I'll leave it in.
2: <laughs> no, whatever floats your boat. I, mean, <laughs> I was the I I was the one who uh, what was it last week posted on the cinema psyops page about reminder that uh what is it October twenty first is uh, International Fisting Day so. Mm. And then, it right. then it went into this conversation about anal versus vaginal fisting it, sure, <laughs> sure. as I suspected it would yeah well <laughs> the plan was hatched <laughs> yeah yeah and unfolded perfectly
0: <laughs> right well and I mean obviously that works better for you than for a guy because there's options so well <laughs> Some. <laughs> I have
2: options too I yeah. probably have a lot more options
0: yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, it's a lot of fun. I think, you know, we, uh, we have built sort of this nice community. Um, well, I guess I shouldn't say we. I'm like including myself and I'm the new guy still. Yeah, we built this community, but it really helps, like, I think that was kind of the thing, too, is Bo knew right off the bat, like, that I was kind of all in on this whole thing, like, I wanted to be a part part of something, not just show up and go, here's my podcast, like, I wanted to participate, and that's really what I've been trying to do, like, reaching out to you, to Darren, to Court, to Duncan to everybody else that i've you know worked with and and talked to and just made plans with and whatever and i think that makes it even more fun when it's not just you shouting into an empty room all the time with your buddy right uh there's this this kind of support group and even if we don't get to listen to each other's shows all the time or we you know listen to some here and there and check in with each other we're still supporting each other and kind of following each other and and talking behind the scenes and stuff so yeah
2: definitely
0: uh why don't uh, before we wrap up here uh we kind of got sidetracked on actually talking about your current podcast so um we we mentioned the name of the vd clinic but uh, there might be a little bit of uh misconstrued information for anyone that doesn't know about your podcast
3: of
2: what the actual
0: <laughs> content of said podcast is so why don't we talk about that one first
2: yeah i know i always have to make the distinction that when you go google it put in vd clinic podcast yes you know you have to add that part in Mm -hmm. it has it's a monthly show and we cover a book and a movie that have some sort of theme Uh, sometimes themes we've pulled out of our ass but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like (laughs) we want to do this and we want to do this How do we make those connect somehow? Um, Yeah. Sure.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a cool idea to connect things like that. We kind of try and do that too.
2: Well, it was easy with like last month we did Terry Gilliam's Brazil and the Sinclair Lewis book, It Can't Happen Here. Yes. And it was fascist February. So that fit perfectly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did actually listen to that one.
2: You know, but March we've got my friend Dahmer. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: a good month for serial killers. Why not?
2: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's going to be coming out sometime by the end of the month. I got to figure out when I have time to edit that. <laughs> I'm sure. somehow taking a vacation somewhere in there. Yeah.
0: Sure. Well, and I, I know the uh, the name. Obviously, came originally. It was it was you and David. So Vanessa and David. Right. And then clinic because you're teaching us idiots about books and smart stuff that you are putting so about. much
2: you are putting so much more thought into it <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. I, was, Although, I, I was trying to do I, a
0: dumb guy impersonation
2: well i love i mean like the promo you know we did i just delight in making all the bad medical puns yes um David Moore came up with the name than me because mm-hmm. we were throwing things back and forth but he's the one who really like came up with that and I'm the one who just kind of started going with it and he's like, oh my god, I've created a monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was how, kind of like...
0: How did you actually end up hooking up with him just from, you know, following and, and becoming pals through like social media and stuff?
2: Yeah, yeah, because I had listened to Devour. Okay. And um, for a long time and uh, through like, yeah, through the podcast on the stairs, like their Facebook group and interacting there together, like sure. becoming friends, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. So and I forget at one point last early last year, he sends me this message and he's like, we should start a podcast together. I'm like, OK, sure. Because <laughs> I had already po- I had already guested on that one episode of Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts uh, the previous year. And I've been thinking about it since then, but I was like, I need someone to do it with. And at that time, I was kind of intimidated about like, I didn't really feel like going yeah, yeah. the editing portion, which I have to do now, right. since, since David retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, it's, it, <clears throat> it ended up with now David's replacement, Darren, Right. Of the psych- of the psycho semantic cast.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, he was and our I- guest on uh, the third episode of this. On purpose. Yes,
2: three. yes, I agree with some of those music, those the uh, movie choices, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It was also, wasn't it so weird that we had the same number two out of every fucking movie in the world? We both picked the same movie as number two, which was the thing. Yeah. It was so weird. It's like how uh, I don't know. I feel like somehow he got inside my head and made me pick the same movie. I'm watching you here. Kismet.
2: Kismet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and Darren, I had been a guest on his show a couple times, and then he had been a guest on VD Clinic, right? For our Satanic Panic episode, like number three, when we did House of the Devil. That he he had actually suggested that. Okay. And then when David told me he was going to retire, it was kind of like had to, I sat there and thought back and forth. And you know, who do I know that I could ask to come on with me and actually Darren it's funny Darren was the first person I thought of and David was like Darren he suggested Darren like at the same time it's okay. really funny It's funny how it happened yeah,
3: yeah
2: and David was thinking, oh because his name starts with a D and I'm like, no, I'm not thinking that at all. I'm thinking about the fact of Darren and I can sit there and talk and talk and talk sure. <laughs> and talk <laughs> and we have. <laughs> yeah well
0: you want someone that fits the the content of the show obviously as well
2: right right and I I mean it it helps that I know Darren was an English or a creative writing major so you know and I'm an English and theater major so you know could put up with the reading yeah yeah I mean I'm reading you know you're reading a book a month it's not an excessive amount but and we try not to pick books that are super long sure. but like for the black metal episode which was a lot of fun by the way david picked that book and it was about 500 pages plus okay. an additional 100 pages of photos and different like different related artwork to the st- you know the, the the history and story you know that okay. was going on. So it was a very intimidating book. It was a lot to digest. Yeah. And that's why uh, Darren and I, I was joking with him that my friend Dahmer is like so like fun and lighthearted, and I was looking forward to it because yeah, it's a graphic novel. You don't have to think as much. (laughs) Yes.
3: Yes. It's not
2: as many. It's not as many pages to read, and I do love reading, but there's also a point sometimes where you're just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Especially if you've had a really long day at work and, you know, oh, yeah, I'm sure. trying to figure out how am I going to fit in the extra 100 pages before I have to record Saturday.
0: <laughs> right.
2: The struggle is real, let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, and
0: even just with movies, sometimes I'm like watching it the day before like finishing at two in the morning before like staying up late to finish watching the movie because I know I have to record about it the next day. Yes. Oh no,
2: I've done that too.
0: But uh, I think uh, what you guys have going there is kind of a cool idea and it, it sort of brings a little something different to the table where you guys are adding the book element with the movie, so it's it's nice that you kind of create your own little subset there. Um, I think it's important to kind of you know kind of find your your little your little niche that separates you slightly from everybody. I don't know what mine is yet, but uh, we're working on that. Yeah. So.
4: <laughs> well. Um,
0: but no, I mean everybody does something different. Obviously, we all review movies differently, and we have different interactions. Once you kind of build your 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 team up, whether it's two or three people or Or whatever you kind of get get that rolling so now that uh brings us to your newest endeavor here devour the podcast we kind of started to talk about but um so now you're going to be full-time with that show right
2: yeah yes
0: that um is that also just once a month uh
2: as as far as i know okay uh, who knows what could change i'm kind of i'm kind of seeing what happens Sure, they, sure. You know, I'm the I'm the new kid on the block, so. <laughs> and with that, I'm letting, I'm letting Bo and Jamie, you know, go back and forth, and because also, even though I listen to their show for years, they've been around six years, I don't know off the top of my head every single movie they've covered. So I kind of I'm like, well, what I, and because they've been doing that for six years, yes, they've probably they've watched more horror movies than me yeah
0: yeah
2: i would say uh just because you, i watched them before mm-hmm. i did different podcasts or i was really into specific podcasts about horror which i, lo- I love horror and right. i have all my life mm-hmm. even though i didn't necessarily growing up in the 80s i was watching more classic horror and classic film and going through that kind of stuff and foreign cinema <laughs> being total nerd about it. Yes. And what not watching a lot of fun stuff. Right. But it's sure I still got to see like the first uncut <laughs> not really but as a bad pun uh, R-rated horror movie I saw like without my parents was sleepaway camp. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uncut. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> Not the pun. I, I didn't. It wasn't intended. Um, but it. You know, I saw things like that growing up in the '80s. But I wasn't the kid going when I went to the video store. I was going picking up like Fellini. <laughs>
3: sure. <laughs> and
2: and, uh, and like I said, Hitchcock. My mother was a huge fan. After she and my dad got divorced, right. Um, every Friday we would go to the video store and we would. We went through every single Alfred Hitchcock movie there. Right, right. And then we went on to some other director, or some actor, or whatever, and then went on through their entire filmography of right. what was there. So, so I was kind of doing that stuff being... Yeah, it wasn't being really fun with a lot of it. And I'm <laughs> playing catch-up on certain things now. Yeah. But I have had a really wide, eclectic you know, taste and what i've been exposed to horror wise sure and i'm happy actually to be doing a show that's just horror uh right i mean the vd clinic it is fun that you can choose any any genre Mm -hmm. uh there's there is something liberating about that but i do love horror so much
0: yeah so i'll be
2: happy to devour
0: this this show is um a little more of a a typical podcast where you just kind of cover you know whatever one or two movies and you kind of you know do a little bit of news and talk about what you've been watching and that type of stuff right, right right so
2: exactly so yeah it's
0: kind of a fun way to do things that's how we uh well we don't really cover news i don't know where i'm always kind of changing I'm, I'm a little bit uh scatterbrained on where everything is going so i'm always changing from old stuff to new stuff and uh so it's uh it's probably better that i run my own show instead of being on someone else's because i would get pissed off too easily <laughs> Uh, So I actually uh, got into, I almost like joined another podcast before I started this one. And I was starting this one at the same time. And the other one was just kind of having trouble getting everyone on the same page as far as scheduling. And it was just becoming kind of a burden. And I said, like, you know, look, I'm trying to make my own thing. So I'm just going to bow out before this even gets started, really. Right. Because it was just too much to balance everything so and i'm kind of glad i did because that just you know frees me up more time to do this kind of stuff right but uh no we look forward to that i know you guys have an episode coming up uh this 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 recording here i always uh, kind of do the time travel arrangement here but this recording that we're doing now is uh what's today the 14th of march but it probably won't Or 13th. Sorry, my computer already changed because it's midnight. Oh, it is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So technically on Tuesday, but it probably won't be out for... Uh, like another month so by then your your episode should be out that you're talking about now
2: uh well the vd clinic episode my friend Dahmer, is going to drop before the end of march okay that will happen before i really i like i said i'm going on vacation for Mm -hmm. a much needed vacation uh for for a week so my you know cuts down some of my time but yes um I bound and determined. I'm going to get that out before the end of the month. And, but we're not going to be recording the next Devour until after I return. Okay. And so and I so I don't know when that's going to be yet. But we did just pick um, through the wheel of fortune or wheel of Devour. I don't know what we're calling the segment. <laughs> but on the uh, Morbid Mondays this week, uh, we drew our because we're going to starting up for Devour a new segment. Where it's the listeners get to suggest, and we randomly pick uh, whatever movie from streaming. Yeah, yeah. And so we're going to be doing a covering from that, 30 Days of Night. Right. And our other movie is going to be Tragedy Girl, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Which, and uh, I just had the interview.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and also I sort of help you get your pick because you picked my number for the Wheel of devour. So, I helped you get your other movie pick.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. So,
0: but uh, just in case anyone's listening and they're like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Um, if you are following the Legion Podcast group page on Facebook, um, on every Monday there's a live Facebook video on Monday nights. of uh, it's, it's done by Bo, who's the network owner and if people listening to this show heard him on episode six i think it was that he was on but um he does like a live facebook feed and a video just kind of keeps everyone up with what's going on in the network and anyone can join in you don't have to be a a member of the network or have a podcast with us or anything like that so if you want to check that out on monday nights they kind of wrap up what has been going on and what movies are and do you know, and I was going to do, like, picks for your podcast on there. Stuff. Right. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah.
2: So I'm excited about that episode, but I'm not exactly sure. I, I'm i not exactly sure when that's going to come out.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. You guys will get to uh, kind of regroup and, right. and figure out what the direction will be now that... Because uh, David was basically, like, the main host, right? So now Bo will take right. over as the driver seat, I guess.
2: Yes, and he's going to be editing and, okay. and all that thankfully i don't have to deal with it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yep <laughs> it's always but, nice yeah. to finish a recording and walk away
2: yes exactly <laughs> and be like let me know what come so, let that's me know one thing i always did appreciate about uh, david being around is yes
0: a... uh cool well so want uh, to let, let everybody know where we could find uh by the time this comes out you could definitely get your VD Clinic one, and if not already out, then out soon will be the Devour the Podcast, Devour the Podcast episode.
2: Yes, exactly. Both on Legion Network. Um, for VD Clinic, we are available on Twitter uh, at VD Clinic Pod. Uh, I believe our our Facebook group is also VD Clinic Pod, and the email is VD at gmail.com the devour one i am sorry i am unprepared (laughs) and i don't know what that is off the top of my head that's okay but if you go to legion uh podcasts uh you will find it there
0: yeah i think you guys have a group
2: shows tab and
0: you have a group page too right so
2: yes it has its own separate group
0: uh, yeah, if you go on Facebook and just search for Devour the Podcast, uh, the group page should pop up if you want to join the uh, the group for the show and keep up with all of uh, your antics, what's going on there. Right. And uh, you can also, I, I don't know if you guys are set up solo on iTunes or Stitcher, but if you follow the, the We Legion, are on iTunes. Yeah. Yep. And the, uh, the Legion podcast feed also on iTunes we'll have our shows and your shows and everyone else's shows so that's always just, a good way to keep we up.
2: We are a big incestuous network. It's yeah okay. <laughs> we all kind of
0: follow each other around it feels like uh like
2: like it's uh a podcast uh, orgy. <laughs>
0: yeah I know Boz B-O-Z Boz was just telling me that he uh him and I are on like these similar paths uh he was just on my show. Right. And then we were both on Duncan's show and then we were both on Cinema PsyOps. So like, you and I were both just on cinema and so yeah. we all kind of uh, seem to be...
2: Have you been on Witch versus the Doomsday Clock yet?
0: I have not, but... Okay, um,
2: that is your next frontier, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, that was I, yeah. I did an episode of that. That was a lot of fun.
0: I'll definitely have to hit that one up for sure. I know I love listening to it, so that would be uh, an honor to be on that one as well.
2: Yeah, I did that uh, lesbian vampire movie, uh, Vampire Lovers. Oh. <laughs> Lesboitation. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm sensing a theme here.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was my suggestion. Go figure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I he guess... He wasn't complaining. <laughs> if, if we're going to have you on uh, Who Will Survive, then uh, we know what theme to look for. So, sure. <laughs> some sort of lesploitation. So.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can uh, suggest a lot if you, uh, <laughs> need any, if you need any ideas.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, no, this is great. I appreciate you uh, giving me some of your time and just kind of uh, taking a, a bit to... To talk and get to know each other a little better and just sort of fuck around and not have to be so focused and read notes and have any sort of structure or anything that's kind of well, the, the spirit here so
2: yeah well thank you for having me i i appreciate it yeah. always good to talk to someone new yeah, uh- absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes uh so yeah we will keep up with your shows through uh, the legion feed and through your itunes and facebook and um i will put all of my information in the pre- recorded, uh, or separately recorded intro that I'll throw out later. Uh, so yeah. Uh, thanks everybody. And we'll see you next time.